Hey all, it's Mark Berlig. Just a quick preface here before we start. Justin and I encountered some technical difficulties right at the start here, so what we ended up doing was less of a conversation and more of a long-form Q&A, if you will. In addition, while you'll be able to hear bits of my reaction while Justin's talking, we weren't able to capture his reactions while I was talking. So he's not actually being silent, we just couldn't get it. But it's still fascinating to listen to Justin's perspective about his time on summer camp, his business, and other aspects of his life. So I encourage you to get comfy and keep your eyes and ears out tomorrow for part two of our conversation. Enjoy. My name is Mark Brillig, and this is a special edition of A Halting Podcast because we've got Justin Jackson on the phone from summer camp. It's true that Justin has already been... Voted off, banished, however you want to call it, from the show. But he's got some things that he wants to say, so I'm going to plug him in right now. And Justin, you have the floor. Hey, Mark, and all the uh, fans of summer camp. It's uh, good to have the opportunity to uh, to talk to everybody, um, especially after last Monday night. My uh, shocking exit, I know it was, to... Uh, a lot of the fans out there, what I've got on social media, and um, look forward to the opportunity to uh, maybe explain some of the reasons why. Yeah, I would say it was shocking to me, certainly, that that you ended up going. Um, I mean, I think we can say that the, the real core of that was um, your performance in, in the competition that day, but... Um, as Chuck and I have discussed before, it seemed like you were also pretty under the weather. So, <laughs> I guess the lackluster performance at doing a puzzle, um, you know, as and as I mentioned, that it was recorded me saying that I'm not a puzzle guy, and that's true. Um, my mother, bless her heart, she kept telling me, Justin, you need to work on your puzzles <laughs> before I left for summer camp, and. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's something that uh, I, I did a little bit as a kid, but as a uh, 41 year year old adult, it's been been a while. However, uh, I was very much under the weather, starting probably before episode three, um, week three. I was uh, taking a Z pack, a high dose of antibiotics, had a bad chest infection. Um, a chronic cough, you know, I was running a fever at times. Matter of fact, that's the, the real reason why I didn't participate in the spin the bottle. Uh, I think it was just to keep from getting uh, the girls sick because, uh, yeah, I would have been a, a pretty obvious choice with the, uh, the facial hair. You know, I wish they would have shown more of that as far as, you know, me being sick. Um, but cause there, there was a few times, man, where I couldn't, like with the, uh, you know, personal interviews, couldn't really speak. And it was, you know, it was a combination of an extreme sore throat, but then this chest chest infection that I had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, when you're running fever, you just don't feel good. Right. Um, and I just, I kept, kept on and on. You know, I thought the squeaky wheel would eventually get the grease, and it did. But I was almost at the point, I thought, they're going to have to send me home. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to be hospitalized or something. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it had gotten that bad at one point. Yeah. So here's the other thing. That night of the bonfire, we had, um, I don't know what all the, they ate, but Chris Grant came up with the turkey squirts. <laughs> you can figure out what the turkey squirts are. It was, uh, and he was my bunkmate, and he was up and down all night long. Oh. I had already taken one dose probably, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock just to try to get a good night's rest. And he kept waking me up, and with that, the cough just kept persisting. So I took a big swig of this hydrocode cough syrup uh, around 3.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then an hour and a half later, around 5 o'clock, the bugle rang, and we were up and at them getting ready to go to the lake for the swimming competition. And so all of that morning, I just had a strange sensation um, through my mind. I mean, this, it, honestly, it was something that I'd never experienced before. And I knew something wasn't quite right. Um, but, you know, with the color war ahead of us and knowing that uh, Chris Grant, I mean, he told me he couldn't swim. I look back at the footage now, and I see he's doing, uh, you know, these backflips, frontflips into the swimming pool. Um, he probably could have handled at least going from the, the, the number one dock, but uh, said he couldn't swim, so, you know, really had no choice but to, uh, to just pull my bootstraps up and get out there and do my best. But when I uh, did get home and had a chance to, to look into this hydrocode cough syrup or this, you know, this strong medication that I was on, the number one side effect was the inability to concentrate. And I think that uh, was pretty obvious with me on the puzzle. Uh, you know, um, yeah, Kyle, honestly, Kyle got us behind the eight ball with his puzzle. And then I, I most certainly, uh, you know, got us beat. I take full responsibility for that. But uh, it was uh, that was that was a tough pill to swallow, knowing that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to play the game 100 percent me and especially with a mental challenge such as that uh it's uh that that was that was very difficult and i must say that uh you know i was i was on those meds also in uh uh episode three being camp counselor uh facing a very uh difficult decision a very important decision Mm -hmm. um you know you, you wish you could i wish i had that to do over but uh it is what it is, and uh, you know, uh, as a result, I I was uh, banished. So yeah, definitely, the the drugs seem to be whopping you over the head. I wasn't I wasn't aware that they were really starting to take their toll during while you were leader and and ended up uh, selecting Mike the soldier. Um, but go, going back to right at the beginning here, uh, you mentioned that your mother told you to work on your puzzles before summer camp started what what i mean do you have <laughs> uh, what do you mean just on basic you, you know like just mind game puzzles like that or do you actually have jigsaw puzzles that you wanted you to work on or what exactly what exactly did that mean um it, when my mother said uh justin you should work on your puzzles it was referring to like jigsaw puzzles you know um uh, basically looking at something, putting the pieces together. 
And I, I know, you know, she, she, she used to do puzzles all the time. And we had jigsaw puzzles growing up. I mean, on a, you know, cold, rainy Saturday night, uh, I, you'd, you'd find me at the kitchen table doing a jigsaw puzzle. But, uh, the thing that I did do, I know, uh, you know, I got, uh, got into uh, luminosity and just some things as far as memorization. Uh, just because I, I realize you, your brain is a muscle and you've got to exercise it. So I was doing my best to try to stay as, as sharp as possible uh, mentally before I came to summer camp. And, you know, you, if you knew my mother, she doesn't want to leave uh, any stone unturned as far as preparation. And uh, she's 71, I'm 41, and she's still, it's, uh, you know, it's, we give it our all at anything we do, and that was uh, that was the thing. And honestly, it was just a matter of timing. I mean, I'm running my own, our family's fundraising business, and uh, I'd actually had a one of our largest trade shows just the week. Actually, I left about two days um, after we wrapped up that trade show in Oklahoma City, the uh, state FFA convention, and in Oklahoma. So, uh, you know, I, I just there's not a lot of time to sit down right. and try to figure out a, uh, a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it's um, it, it, it's behind me now. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It still still stings a little bit in regard to uh, uh, wish I had that to do over simply because uh, I know I could have done a better job had I been at, uh, you know, 100% me. It's fascinating to me that of all things, your mother, I mean, mean, I'm sure she, you know, encouraged you to do other things to prepare for summer camp, but of all things, jigsaw puzzles, like that that was nothing that I would have expected. I I just didn't, you know, expect puzzles like that to be in any of the summer camp competitions it's not something to come to mind and how horribly ironic that that is the thing that that is your downfall that is one of the things that your mom worried about that that just you didn't end up having time for um but speaking speaking about chris now i i've uh, talking with both chuck and lauren it's how it's it's very unsure to me whether or not he really can swim because as they said early on um you know he 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 let you guys know that he couldn't swim even before this episode but then apparently since then there's been talk about him saying oh that was just a just a ruse and all that but being able to flip and dive into a pool and then tread water for a bit i don't think necessitates you know that that you definitely can swim or can swim decently anyway and the other thing i have to say about that is that um there would be no reason unless he really was so many moves ahead in a totally bizarre way that early on he would say guys i don't know how to i mean why would you admit that early on it it makes you look like the weaker player if you admit even before a water challenge that you don't know how to swim where and yet and yet that is the crux of it that led to your downfall because otherwise if you'd been a little more public about how under the weather you were and and chris said well you know i I could uh, i could do the 10 feet between the first dock and the puzzle dock then things certainly might be different 
most certainly I have uh, I have thought about that scenario hundreds of times and uh, you know I it, I just felt like I didn't have a choice at that you know at that moment uh, again I wasn't thinking as clearly as I would normally have been but uh, uh, I knew I was probably the last person that really needed to be in the water uh, just you know just because of this as I said earlier, the, I had a had a very weird feeling um, that uh, it, it, I'd never had that before, to my recollection, and uh, and it and it definitely was the uh, the coating in this coaster. Uh, Marcus, I know one of the assistants that picked that up for me said it cost three hundred dollars for that bottle, so it had to be some pretty uh, potent stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised at that as well, that he, because, uh, I mean, you know, I know they provided, I think ISIS was wearing a life jacket. And, you know, the old saying goes, hindsight being 2020, uh, I would have uh, I would have definitely put Chris out there instead of, instead of myself. But, uh, oh, well, I uh, I, I didn't, and, uh, and, and that, that's that. Yeah, that's the, uh, ISIS wearing a life jacket, Lauren definitely talked about that when when we recorded with her um about how uh how much that kind of shook her confidence about about uh her team's chances but yeah i I, chris definitely like in in the first challenge when he paddled when he requested a life jacket then he could have oh i I guess okay so i have to retract my earlier statement It, it he for his own safety, he would have admitted that early that he needed a life jacket. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So what have, could have, should all that. <laughs> You're the second person. Um, Lauren on the on the previous podcast also mentioned the whole hindsight twenty twenty thing, and it seems to be such a recurring uh, phrase with 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 these episodes. Yes, uh, yeah, that old hindsight being twenty twenty. Um, you know, and I would have definitely made a different decision uh with Mike Ward as well because um you know as as we all know now I pretty much got bamboozled by uh, my core four and and as I say that uh you know I, I don't know I don't think we ever saw Kyle's input in regards to um uh, my leaving or not, I just know, you know, he was, he was trying to save his own butt uh, sure. in regards to the puzzle. And, and yeah, he, he didn't have the best of performances either. Was it as bad as mine? No. Uh, but I don't know how he, uh, you know, how he uh, directed Cameron in mm. that uh, regard, but I do know most definitely that Moses uh, uh, persuaded Cameron to, uh, to get rid of me right and you know that's where uh that's where i had such a difficult time uh with that decision simply because moses uh more so than cameron i mean moses cameron kyle myself we were part of that core four that we had put together i guess about week two and i told those guys i said as long as we stick together we've got this we've got the numbers and you know and I shook their hand, looked them in the eye, and I told them, you know, that you have my word. And I did that, even though it was tough with Mike Ward. But my reason for doing it was because of Moses. I felt like Moses uh, 
was closer to Mike than anybody else, just from, you know, perception. Uh, and when he came to me and he felt like, hey, you know, he's going off on his own. He's not really a team player. Uh, this and that. Things that I couldn't say. Yeah, I've, I've witnessed that because I, I hadn't. Um, it was uh, it was pretty difficult to, to watch Moses being so uh, persistent on getting rid of me simply because of my performance that day on the puzzle and uh, all of the uh, you know the talk of us sticking together and you know our, our pact uh, basically was thrown out the window with that one one color. It seems like such a dangerous thing to make alliances on on competitions like this because it's so, uh, you know, not clear about whether they're real or not. I mean, we didn't even hear about this core four thing until this past episode, whereas, um, where and before that, it seemed like you and Mike were the the two people on the team the only two people on the team who had formed any alliance right and and with that um mike and i had essentially we had talked you know but we had never made an alliance i mean i liked mike uh felt like you know we we had a lot of things in common but um yeah it was just you know that's the part that you didn't see is that we had uh Kyle, Moses, Cameron, myself, had basically made that alliance, um, I would say, probably week two. And, uh, you know, and, and, and as I say that, I know I was always, um, I mean, I, I tried to, to reach out to everybody. I tried to, to get to know everyone the best I could with the time that we were allotted. And, uh, you know, it, it was definitely obvious, yeah, Mike and I, we got along. I just felt like Moses knew Mike better than I, simply because of what I had witnessed with them spending time together. I knew that there was friction between Cameron and Mike. That had, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that had reared its head uh, a few times. Mm -hmm. And I guess probably the night before the banishment, we all kind of had a, a little sit-down visit and I tried to squelch that between those two guys uh, and uh, you know it was uh, um, I don't know what it really was pertaining to it seemed like it was more over over girls possibly or just uh, you know just conflict of personalities but uh, nonetheless it, uh, it was really it was Moses's uh, persuasion with me that uh, that I get rid of Mike uh, that you know that's what led to my decision, and, and that was a tough one. There was uh, nothing Hollywood about what you saw uh, that, that truly tore me up, and uh, it was tough for me to even watch episode three, and I've only seen it once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mother, on the other hand, she's watched it about 20 times because <laughs> she was uh, very upset with me for getting rid of Mike, uh. and she couldn't understand it until she finally she started watching it, of course, listening to me and dissecting that she can understand Right. Why I made that difficult decision, but uh, right. as we all know now, that uh, came back to bite me in the butt. Yeah, it really, it really did. It, 
initially I was thinking, you know, when we when we get the exit interview with Mike that, you know, he's saying, hey, Justin, people are going to catch on to your game and then you'll get yours, which which really isn't. I mean, you didn't have any game. If anything, you were being a little bit manipulated, maybe by a by Moses. It's it's not like you were. It seemed to me of all people on the team, you were for the team more more than your not more than yourself but you were for the team more than anybody else was necessarily for the team um which is admirable but dangerous yeah as far as being a team player you know um back in oklahoma i was uh, i was heavily into you know organized sports um primarily basketball throughout my junior high high school years and you know it was all about when i learned that hey it's it's really not going it could be an individual but it was going to be better for a team um that's what i I felt like being put in a leadership role i was trying to look out what was best for the team overall and um you know and that's and that's just how i play the game and I, i honestly don't know if any of those other guys uh other than i think mike ward played a lot of uh you know school sports and maybe uh mikey b but uh you know it it didn't seem like they understood that whole uh kind of like what i referred to in the uh the young guns the montage of when when you make a pact you stick with it um if you got yourself three or four good pals if you will you got yourself a tribe and you don't waver you stick you stick with that no matter what and that's that's been my my code ever since uh, I was a, a young man, and uh, yeah, I, I was I was just trying to do what was best for um, you know Team Yellow. Uh, I just have to reiterate what I said before. It's 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 quite admirable um, to have a code like that, but especially on a on a game like this where you know if you get bad luck and lose a challenge, someone has to go then then i mean it it might be true that all of them did understand the idea of of how important it is to be a part of the team but then had you can either say regressed or went beyond that uh for the sake of the nature of this game as a whole um someone has to go and if and if you guys lose then they'll make choices now now speaking on on behalf of your leadership and all that, Chuck and I were talking about. Indeed, um, your leadership and, on the whole, fairness seems to be your most admirable quality on the show. But then combining the true you were on uh, on the drugs, but uh, being you know not performing well in that challenge, not being in the the spin the bottle uh, apparently uh, i don't know when you fell off on the marshmallow but it wasn't you weren't right there with chuck at the end anyway and then and then at the very beginning on the on the on the inner tube i mean it's true that the two of those cha- two of those competitions you didn't even have the opportunity to to show your physical and mental worth but when you did I think it can be said that for for both of those, the marshmallow and and this one, that they they weren't stellar. So it may be 
that these guys have decided to value physical and mental improvisional capabilities more than uh, overall leadership and communication and and cooperation. Yeah, you you bring up a a great point. Um, you know, with the uh, the s'mores challenge. Yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, that was a lot tougher than what I thought, you know, it would be. And it, it, a lot of that uh, had to do with, I mean, how everything was leveraged out. And, you know, Chuck, he had the uh, the knowledge, the uh, foresight to get his uh, upper torso over the uh, the edge uh, so he could, what I would say, uh, like Forrest Gump, he just dangled. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, uh, you, you know, and, and and I understand that when you look at it from a performance point. I I just felt like, and you know, with there are a lot of other folks too that you could could have pointed that finger at. Um, as far as you know, either uh, you know, the spin the bottle. Hey, that that was a that was a tough one. Um, but uh, and that was our first one to lose, and then the swimming challenge the second one but um you know we we didn't we never saw mikey b i mean he never got a chance um chuck i don't think he had a chance either although i feel like chuck chuck would have excelled um either way i know he was still trying to finish his puzzle and it was already the girls had already put up their last flag so you know uh i know that that was part of the equation and I just, I just felt like that I still had a, a lot more to give to the, uh, to the guys as far as uh, leadership, and and didn't know what was we, we knew we knew nothing of what was on the horizon for us as the next color war. But uh, I always felt like I would bring something of uh, substantial value to you know, <laughs> a color war down the line, and uh, uh, so. So yeah, I mean, you, you like I said, you drive a, a a pretty good argument there as far as uh, their their reasoning why. And I do know this; it was said, uh, and this this was never showed, but you know, ISIS and I we had had a conversation the day before. Um, and essentially, she wanted to talk to me about Chris. Chris was uh, kind of making her uncomfortable with some of the. Uh, things that he was saying it was kind of some you know just some racial tones and she felt like i was the only one that could uh get through to chris right and moses i know he saw us visiting at the breakfast table and i was told later down the line that uh, moses felt like uh isis and i had made an alliance and that i had thrown the challenge simply because of um, that conversation that we had had which had nothing to do with the game right right that's pretty amazing that that speaks a bit to moses it seems like between between him being paranoid about that conversation between you and isis and also also what chuck told me i think this was on uh our second podcast or maybe this was episode three i forget but at some point he was talking to moses about electing mike as the camp counselor and moses uh, just 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 because Chuck wanted Mike to feel more included, and Moses, through ways that I've discussed before, uh, convinced Chuck of otherwise. But that stuck with him more than Chuck thought. It Moses picked up on that in a much more amplified way than Chuck had meant. 
And I think that's what started him gunning for Mike in the same way that your conversation with Isis made him paranoid about you, which which eventually I'm hoping his paranoia will serve a, a negative <laughs> purpose um, or, or at least or at least come back to bite him. But it, it seems like it hasn't it hasn't I mean, aside from losing the two of you guys, it hasn't done terrible things for him yet. Now, that just reminded me of the first point that I wanted to make, which was more than losing you know, more than losing the potential for that prize. And just as much or even more than feeling betrayed, I have a feeling that both you and Mike, who who you definitely demonstrated your leadership abilities, and Mike, having served in Afghanistan, definitely has something that he can give. But we never, you, like Mike, never were stellar in the competitions so far. He He also fell off not, I don't know if it was early, but definitely not any time close to Chuck in the marshmallow contest. And his lower lip little bit of fuzz and and uh, cologne, which, which <laughs> you know, finished finished him off for, for the spin the bottle challenge, that, you know, made him not, not seem like the best guy. But I have to, I have to think that the thing that might hurt the both of you the most is that You've never got that chance, that that thing that Chuck got twice in the first and second episode. You guys never got that chance to show that you truly deserved to be there in in an impulsive, improvisational moment like these challenges. Yeah, you you, you bring out a uh, another great point, and uh, I, and I'll go out on a, a limb and say um, Chuck would still be dangling on that marshmallow. As yeah. we speak, had he not had to get off of there. So I don't think anybody was ever close to staying in there with Chuck. Uh, bless Rachel's heart. She, she did the best <laughs> she could, but I know she didn't stand a chance. Yeah. What I saw is uh, his, uh, uh, his technique. But uh, yeah. and, and, and for Mike, I did notice that his left foot peg broke. Oh. put him at a huge disadvantage. Wow. I think he might have been number two to go off right behind me. But... Okay. Um, you know, that's you, you bring home a, a great point as far as Mike or myself. We never got to demonstrate really our, you know, our physical attributes. Um, one thing you saw in the beginning, we uh, I think it was the first night, we were all playing a little game of pickup basketball. Mm-hmm. And I will just say this, there wasn't anyone out there that the game of basketball never came into to play, if you will. But... Uh, I was eating these young kids' lunch. <laughs> I wanted to know if I played college basketball somewhere, in which I, I did have a, uh, a junior college scholarship. Uh-huh. But that was kind of a little testing ground for me. Yeah. I mean, most of them didn't have the coordination. It didn't seem like they had that much stamina. And here I am almost twice their age Right. Uh, in that regard. And I've been an athlete all my life. Um, even a guy like Moses, I mean, you know, he... Uh, he couldn't chew gum and walk at the same time <laughs> on a basketball court. So um, I felt like I, if, if there would have been any type of real, you know, physical or coordination type challenges, uh, they were going to see uh, <laughs> the beast within when it came, yeah. you know, came to my gameplay yeah. in that regard. Yeah. But uh, and I feel the same way with Mike. I know Mike told me that he had uh, 
you know, he'd been heavily involved in sports and with his leadership abilities being in Afghanistan. And uh, and I'll just go out on the record. And that's one thing I feel like had I been in a clear state of mind, I would have never gotten rid of, you know, a hero. Um, right. When I watched episode three, I felt like I let my country down. And uh, uh, honestly, because I, you know, I, I believe in America, and, and I know this guy had gone out and sacrificed and uh, for our freedoms. And honestly, Mark, you know, I, at that point, I wasn't taking that into account. I was thinking about my alliance, but uh, right. that's one of the things that uh, still haunts me to this day. That uh, I got rid of, uh, you know, America's finest, and decided to <laughs> listen to a, a guy from Miami and a, a cowboy that got his mail in Los Angeles uh, instead. And, and right. uh, I'm sure my ancestors uh, rolled over in their grave that that, <laughs> night that, uh, that that took place. Well, okay. Well, let's. I mean, let's tone it down a bit because I don't think your ancestors are really going to roll in your grave over something as really kind of not a huge deal as a reality show <laughs> well i don't know about that um yeah i come from a long line of uh military uh involvement in throughout my family and uh matter of fact i was i was moved after 9-11 to uh to join up even though i was in my 30s i you know i i just felt like i i was uh not doing my part as an american so you know, that, that was the thing that really struck home with me. I mean, I've got a, a great friend who has not talked to me yet. He's a uh, an ex-Marine, and I actually called him before the show. I didn't tell him any details other than just don't hate me. And so right. I'm still waiting to hear back from, uh, matter of fact, his, his, his name is Mike as well. So um, it, I, I promise you, had I been thinking straight, I would have never gotten rid of Mike. I would have changed that around as far as, uh, you know what, I've got an alliance uh, with my country more so than I do um, with this core four. And uh, as we all know now, that would have been a major game changer, you know, at this point of summer camp had I done that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to blame it on the, uh, the hydrocode officer. So, so try to put yourself back there again. Put yourself, you know, knowing nothing about what Moses might have been thinking. Just, just back there, right at, at, you know, when you had to decide who to banish again. Who would you have sent over instead of Mike Ward? Here's this was my original game plan. I'd actually uh, talked with Kyle early that day, early that morning before Color War, knowing that I might be put in that position. And he and I had collectively decided that it was probably a good idea to send him over um, because he felt like the girls would probably not banish him. And so that was in place all the way up to about, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes. I mean, time just, I mean, it it felt like hours uh, during that that process. But he came to me and said that Lauren, I think he had borrowed a shirt or 
something and then she came back with an attitude and, and uh he just didn't feel comfortable about it and so um my next choice mm-hmm. and it was just simply because i hadn't gotten to know i mean at that point i really couldn't go off of anything in regards to performance right you know i mean yeah we had the, the rowing challenge uh we had the marshmallow challenge and I, I could look at those two things but as far as in the bottle uh, it was going to be tough to get rid of anybody right. because of that performance. Yeah. Um, but uh, I never made the strong connection at that point with Mikey B. Uh-huh. And I've jokingly said this to other folks, but you know, when I got to uh, summer camp, I was uh, I was pretty upset. Uh, King of country music, George Jones, had passed away, mm. and he didn't have a clue. George Jones was. So, you know, if I was going to have to pick a reason, I'd have probably done that. <laughs> uh, simply because we had not, I, I didn't know Mikey that well right. at that point. Right. And, um, you know, and, and, and I wasn't going to go against uh, uh, Cameron and Moses because we had made that pact. Yeah. And also with Kyle, you know, the reason I was going to go with Kyle because he was in agreement to it. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's... Uh, that's the choice I would have made. Sure is. I think I would have. I would have one hundred percent agreed with that. Even even if I didn't know that Mikey was the initial reason why things got stirred up with that off vote in the beginning, um, which led everyone to think to start suspecting Chris and and all that snowballing. Um, I, I I mean I've talked about this with Chuck on the previous episode, but I just for all of his. For all of what he's been through, for his mother's death and for the charities that he's supporting and all that, I just can't get to like Mikey B. I I just, he's, he's, I don't consider him uh, worthy of, of winning this game. Um, And, and as far as the country music thing, I, I must also admit that I, I am also I was also unaware of George Jones, um, but on the other hand, I mean, country music just isn't my cup of tea, so whatever, that's that, and you didn't have to compete against me anyway. So anyway, um, uh, let's, you know, while I have you out on the phone, let's let's jump back to, all the way back to episode one, um, or, or rather the very beginning of episode two, where you come back and reveal that there was one off vote um i I talked about this with chuck uh and maybe it was just you thinking well this is something that has to be addressed but isn't it true that if you hadn't mentioned that there was one vote that that was off things may have been more harmonious at least for the moment uh yes when i came back and revealed that it was a a five to one vote. Uh, honestly, I hesitated at first when mm-hmm. I was walking back into the cabin. Yeah. But uh, I thought, you know what? There's no time better than to uh, maybe to sniff out a rat at this point in time with everybody sitting there. And I like Chuck. Just we, I noticed the reaction in Mikey B. Uh, uh, especially from that secondary ca- camera angle, <laughs> it uh, sure. it kind of it kind of told me everything that I suspected. He was the one, 
because uh, I was able, I felt like I had a good enough relationship with Chris. I asked him about it. He said, nope. Right. I went with the majority. Right. And I really felt like he was shooting straight with me. Yeah. So, you know, and that was one of the, that would have been the other, one of the other factors involved in, in putting Mikey B up for banishment simply because I didn't feel like, uh, I felt like he was the uh, rogue boat in right. that. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it now. I know at first I, I this is going to kind of stir the old, uh, the pot, uh, but, uh, you know, it was uh, it was funny to watch <laughs> a few weeks ago. At the time, I know it caused a lot of dissension amongst our uh, our group. Right. That that's a whole weird thing. I mean, as Chuck was telling me, you know, he he had no problem that someone would would go against the vote. That's that's not the issue. The issue is that you know soon after the matter someone should say hey guys i voted against it because x no matter what it is just someone needed to come out and say it but mikey b seemed to be really purposefully rocking the vote i mean uh, rocking the boat (laughs) about the vote because because if he had just said right then oh i did it it would have and he could have given any reason because he knew that it wouldn't have made a difference anyway Exactly. Um, I, I really don't know what his thought process was because it would have, um, if he would have just been forthcoming and said, "Hey, I voted for Megan uh, simply because, you know, I want to keep her around. She was, you know, she was pretty to look at." Uh, <laughs> we would have understood that, but just to kind of leave that that hanging in the air and that suspicion, especially when we were. Again, going back to trying to be a team, right? Um, that's you know, and it just it just just it caused disruption overall. Yeah. I mean, we saw that again. Moses's paranoia; he was sure, you know, that it was freaking Chris. I think that's how you put it. Right, one hundred percent confident. Um, but uh, but we all know now that it was Mikey B. Yeah. It was a the thing he wasn't going to take to his grave just to end the summer. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, that 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 speaks a lot about Moses for for many of for the majority of these episodes. Um, I'll be curious. I'll be looking to see his his paranoia crop up again. See what happens with that. summer camp, uh, I had a lot on my plate. As I mentioned, I just wrapped up uh, one of our biggest trade shows, the uh, Oklahoma State FFA convention. Mm-hmm. Where we have about uh, you know 10,000 uh, young farmers. They're Future Farmers of America. It's an organization that's been around for, gosh, I know, 80, 80 plus years in yeah. Oklahoma. Yep. And uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, if you eat you believe in agriculture, so I think it, <laughs> right. that covers everybody. But uh, uh, with, with that, uh, my family's business this last year, my dad started this in 1978. This last year has been probably the toughest year of my life, simply because July 2nd of 2012, all of our uh, transportation, our trucks, trailers, 
or bobtail rigs were set on fire. And um, and that same night, they burned the house down. They shot uh, our warehouse, uh, shot the compressor units on the backside. We wound up with the trucks alone. That was about a half a million dollars that went up in smoke. And with us circulating around the school calendar, we take our trucks off because they're not out on the roads. So we take them off of insurance. It's very expensive this day and age to keep keep those insured. Mm-hmm. And so they're just they're basically they're sitting there at our ranch in southeast Oklahoma behind lock gates. And uh, so that was a very uh, huge um, you know hurdle to get over to get try to have our transportation back in place for the the following fundraising season. Um, and it, and it didn't stop there. I mean, when they shot the warehouse, it was, you know, 110 degrees back in Oklahoma during that time. We wound up, we lost about a quarter of a million dollars worth of food. Jeez. Um, uh, you know, the houses, uh, all of that, uh, in total, I mean, we've lost over close to a million dollars because yeah. we've had two other homes burned since then. Uh, a lot of our hay, we, we do ranching also mm-hmm. there on, on the family ranch, um, and so it's, you know, with with all of that going into summer camp, I had a lot on my plate. And I ultimately, I feel like that's probably what led to me getting sick is that I was just fatigued. I had a lot on my mind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mark, when you have to go to work wearing a bulletproof vest um, and you've got your windows boarded up of your bedroom and anything that, you know, that you feel like you're vulnerable in your own home with steel plates, you know, cinder block, uh, you, you really, that's not living. And those were the conditions that I left. And, and with, uh, you know, all of that heavily weighing heavily on my mind, um, it's hard to sleep at night. It it truly is. And there was a, a, you know, a certain sense of guilt of me leaving, uh, to go play this game, but I had uh, a great motivation to, um, you know, to win, right. no matter whether it was quarter of a million or, I mean, at the time, whenever I came to camp, that's what I thought it was, thought it was going to be an individual uh, game. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was hell-bent on uh, bringing that home because uh, it would have, you know, definitely gone a long ways in trying to get us back on our feet. Uh, you know, after 36 years of business, you, um, you know, we're, we're not just going to lay down. We, we've got a lot to, um, uh, you know, there's a lot at stake. And so that was, uh, that was my primary drive for, uh, for winning summer camp. I am extremely curious why in the world anyone would do that. And what if there's an ongoing investigation or anything like that? And this actually, why don't you go ahead and address that first because that that i mean that is arson at its worst yeah that's right um it's uh it, it's really hard to to put my finger on the reason why um you know i mean southeast oklahoma has been you know it's been my home i mean I, it's uh it's a very rural part of oklahoma i mean we have one stoplight excuse me we just got a new one we've got two stoplights wow. in the entire county <laughs> wow. of Pushmataha uh, Pushmataha County that's where I live and in the, the county seat of Antlers there's only two stoplights uh-huh. uh, that's 
fit for that that entire region. But um, you know, I think it's more of possibly animosity towards my family. I mean, they've they've seen my dad basically come from nothing. Uh, yeah, he's had to work hard all of his life, and uh, you know. The old saying, when when you're at the top, people are always wanting to shoot you down, and yeah. um, and literally that's what they've tried to do. I mean, my dad's house has uh, 12 bullet holes in it, where they've shot with a high power, been shot with a high powered rifle. Jeez, uh, it's uh, it's it's if if I knew why, I would tell you why. But there's just that that's just it, and there is an ongoing investigation. I mean, we're trying to get. Um, basically anybody in law enforcement that will listen to us. But uh, it seems to, uh, you know, I know we've had some uh, pretty strong evidence at times. And I don't know, it just seems like this day and age, the uh, the law is more in the uh, crook's favor than, uh, you know, the good, uh, the good citizen out there because uh, it seems to have fallen on deaf ears. But, but we're, we're not giving up. We're, we're going to keep, uh, you know, trying to find out who's responsible because uh, we feel like there, I mean at any time uh, something could come up again you know whether it's a, a home burned down or, or uh, bullets fired it's uh, we don't take it lightly and I don't yeah. think any sane person would so yeah definitely any sane person wouldn't take that lightly and, and even more I mean I know if I were in your shoes even how many decades were behind me with this with this business? If my house were being shot at, I I would not be able to go. I would get up and leave and get out. So I have to give you s- such admiration for for sticking there, for sticking on your ground and and carrying on. What you know, it's, plug yourself. What 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 are the fundraising companies and and what other things do you work on that that you think the world deserves to know about well well, thanks for for those kind words mark Um, the uh you know i've had a lot of people ask me why don't you just pack up and move and it's just you know uh number one i guess you could say foolish pride uh yeah yeah uh, you know that's i've got uh, well over a hundred years of history on a lot of the uh, the properties that we have, I mean, it's it's sacred ground to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I plan on them uh, burying my bones. Uh, is in the uh, you know Kaimishi Mountain range of southeast Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I've always been the uh, gosh, I, I feel like the perfect ambassador for that part of the state, simply because I'm so proud of of what we, you know, uh, not only the environment, you know, the the uh, recreational opportunities and it's uh, just its natural beauty, but but also the people. I still believe in the people that come from that area. I mean, they'll give you the shirt off their back, and mm-hmm. that is the case with most people from Oklahoma. And you know, you said mentioned earlier, it'd be so so easy. It makes more sense to just pack up and and leave. But uh, the thing about Oklahomans is we're a, a resilient bunch. Uh, you know, I mean, we, uh, you, you just look at uh, Moore. Um, that all took place while I was at summer camp. And when right. I came back, I had uh, a lot of friends and family that were affected by that tornado.
tornado, which was one of the worst in, in U.S. history. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we just roll our sleeves up and uh, get our ears back and, and uh, start over. And with this case that we're in, we're in you know, my dad's 71. Uh, I worry about his health because it is something that it's hard to manage that type of stress. Yeah. Uh, as you can, you know, just put yourself in the, that, that position of, you know, hey, is my house going to be shot at today? I mean, right. you know, what what's next on the uh, the burn list? With me being my dad's only child, I carry that stress uh, as well. And it's something that, uh, you know, it, it's really hard to explain, but, uh, you know, we just, we, we're not going to run. It's, it's not in our nature. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to see this through. And eventually I feel like the, the light will, will shine on those folks that have been in the dark, uh, and, and been responsible for, uh, you know, all this, what I would call terrorist type activity. Yeah. Uh, I know one thing, Mark, I told folks, I said, well, if we are headed for apocalyptic times, this is definitely getting me uh, in tune for it because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, which I don't hardly go anywhere without a, a pistol in my waistband anyway. But uh, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more prepared now than I was a year ago. I'll just say that. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and the thing that we do with our business, it, it helps it helps other organizations, not just the Future Farmers of America, but anybody out there that's needing to raise money. You know, our products, which it's meat products, cookie dough products, we provide a service for those organizations, and then they go out to the community, and basically they're giving something, they're giving their community their money's worth. You know, we've always tried to keep our prices very competitive to what they could buy, something that would be similar to in the grocery stores and they're still making you know uh, a 30 to 40 percent profit off of each item gotcha. and that way they can go and do these extracurricular activities because you know schools across the nation they're all in the budget crisis right now yeah and so fundraising is i mean it's just a necessity this day and age and so we've you know we've been able to provide that service um again uh, we're we're going into our 36th year, and uh, you know I'll be uh, I'll be dinged if I'm going to stop now. You know, just because of a few folks that uh, they've got a, a jealous bone or or uh, whatever whatever their reasons are, um, it's uh, it's not going to stop us. We're gonna we're gonna keep on going, and we'll be around another 36 years. Very admirable. And so right now, I'd like to give you the opportunity to tell us. The name of the company, if you want to give out a website, anything where people can find you guys. If 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 some school is is interested in in fundraising, how can they get in contact with you to to set that up? Sure. Uh, the name of the company is DJ's Fundraising. Our website is uh, DJ'sFundraising.com, and I know we had uh, at the Texas State FFA Commission Convention. We actually had, I, I invited uh, Chris Grant, came down, Lauren, Michelle, mm -hmm. and Mike Ward. Uh, Mike actually lives in Austin now. And they came and we did a, a meet and greet with the uh, FFA students oh, great. the day before our premiere. And we had an overwhelming 
response. I know we got a, a whole new, uh, I think we got a whole new audience from, from that event. But, uh, you know, and it's just dealing with our future generations. That That's yep. one of the things that makes me proud to know that we're helping to, you know, nurture these these kids, their lives, and uh, in the organizations that they're involved in, usually they're, they're things that's going to help them later in life. Uh, and when they go out and sell our products, hey, that's that's one of the things that uh, it's kind of difficult to learn in a classroom. But you're out there, you're you're not learning necessarily selling that product, but you're learning to sell yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, because you've got to believe in you before you can believe in anything else. And I know with our, you know, our company, it helps those children in that aspect. And uh, so, sure, uh, you know, you guys look us up on djsfundraising.com, and uh, we'd love to help any organization out there out with their fundraising needs. And, and I appreciate that opportunity, Mark. I truly do. Thank you.